This is the Sports Psychology Hour with Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I cannot express the gratitude what my son came and visited you. Dr. Jacobs is in his 41st year as a sports psychologist. I have seen a change in youth sports in the last 10, 15 years. I've talked about it a lot on this show. The Sports Psychology Hour. The best advice on the radio each and every week. Failure and losing and screwing up is something that happens in life. It happens in sports. And I think we have to teach kids how to do that more effectively. This is where sports talk gets real. That word playing, it's gone from our society in a lot of ways with kids. I wanted to tell you what a great service you provide to this community. I listen to your show every week. Thank you for what you do for our community, for all the parents, coaches, and athletes. And now, here's your host, rated one of the best therapists in Kansas City, Missouri, by OnlineTherapy.com, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Good morning, everybody. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and welcome to our show from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. Yes, Kansas City. Our shows are podcasted all over the place. Our show is based here. I've been on the air in my 30th year of radio, my 20th year here at Sports Radio 810 WHB. And I look forward to doing this show each and every week with you because I feel very strongly about how important the metal side of sports is. If you've listened to this show, you know I talk about it, I discuss it, I expand it all the time. And I feel extremely, extremely fortunate to have this opportunity to share with you this information. Because each week we talk about topics like concentration, motivation, sportsmanship, expect- <clears throat> excuse me, expectations, pressure, stress, where all these things fit for athletes, for coaches, for fans. One of the most important things that I have ever done is help people. That's why I do what I do. I work with people on trying to be the best they can. I'm very fortunate to have worked with all levels of athletes from youth sports to to high school to the collegiate level to the amateur level to the professional level and the Olympic level. And throughout my career, I've, I've met many, many people who have been world champions, Olympic champions, professional champions, some of the best they are in their sport. I've met a lot of people who've had trouble getting success. They've had to deal with all kinds of issues like the expectations of others how their confidence wanes under pressure. In Kansas City, where the show is based, we have a football team, which everybody knows has been in two consecutive Super Bowls. Won one, lost the second. And the year prior to that, lost in overtime in the AFC Championship game where they would have been in three. They have a superstar quarterback, superstar tight, tight end. They've got... a a lot of tremendous players on this team, the best kicker in football, several players who've had outstanding performances. Yet, today, as we broadcast this show, the team is 5-4, and four, and if you lived in Kansas City, you would, you would have thought, we need to build Noah's Ark and save ourselves, because the Chiefs have not played as well this year as everyone thought. Does it mean, with the remaining games 
and they're nine. They're today, as of today, they're five and four. They have eight regular season games left. We don't know what's going to happen because that's what sports is about. It's about competi- competing, competition, and seeing what you can do. Upsets happen all the time because of a variety of reasons. Lots of times. The team that's supposed to win takes it for granted they're going to win. Oh, we're who we are. They get a little cocky, a little arrogant. They think they're better because of statistics and because of records, and they might be. But the human element, the human element of sports is what this is all about. This year in the NFL, there have been upsets galore. A week ago, the Buffalo Bills lost at Jacksonville. This past week, the Baltimore Ravens lost Actually, we were destroyed at Miami by the Dolphins on Thursday night. Totally outplayed. Record-wise, no one would have expected that from their records, but it happens. Why? Because that's why we play. I want to delve into two topics today. Self-confidence and expectations. And how they interact, how they affect what we do. And I don't care if you play Little League Baseball, if you play on a high school team, you play in college, or you've been a pro athlete. Those are two words I promise you that you will be confronted with all the time. What are the expectations of the team today? Are we supposed to win? Are we supposed to lose? And where's your confidence level today? How do you feel about yourself? Here's the issue to me. When we go play sport, when you suit it up, when you walk into the court, when you walk into the course, you dive into the pool, You don't know what's going to happen. You expect certain things to happen. But here's the thing. We are human beings. This year in the world of sports, we have seen maybe more examples than ever, than ever before, of why athletes are people. They're not gods. Athletes have emotions. They succeed. They fail. They have issues personally. Mental health has become a big topic now. We hear it all the time. Of course, earlier this year, we had Simone Biles taking herself out of the Olympics for most of the the competition. We had Naomi Osaka withdrawing from some tournaments because of mental health anxiety issues, expectations and pressure on them. As a fan, you root, sometimes your, your life is focused on that team. I've been a Chiefs fan since the first game I ever played. I was at the very first game. I went to the first Super Bowl with my father. I took my oldest son to the Super Bowl two years ago. I love watching the team play. I, I want them to win, but obviously they're not. And believe me, I've seen a lot of games where they didn't throughout throughout the years. I've been to most games they've played. When I've been in town, I've been to almost every game they've played when I've been here. But they're not always going to win. That's life. We don't always succeed at everything we do. So what are the expectations that you put on yourself? What do you think is going to happen? And what happens when it doesn't? How do you react? That's where confidence comes in. See, to me, I think everything in the end is affected by how you feel, what you believe in yourself. Am I capable of doing what I need to do today? I work with a high school swimmer who had high expectations going into state the state meet this weekend. Swimming the 500, which is a long race. They put the, there's a person at the end of the pool who swings a card, tells them how many laps they're on. 
in his race, he was winning, and then the cards broke. So he didn't know what lap he was on, and he ended up losing. Two people beat him at the end. Because he wasn't counting the laps, they had someone doing it for him, and then it got, got his concentrational off. He, he hoped to win, he expected to win, but he didn't. Did he give his best effort? Yes. How you handle failure, how you handle stress, how you handle anxiety plays such a role in all this. And that's what I want to get into today. And I want to open up our phone lines. I'd love to hear from you. If you're a coach, how do you handle the expectations that are placed in your team? How do you handle an athlete's confidence when it's not where it should be? What do you do about it as a coach? Because so much of your job as a coach is to be a psychologist. You have to evaluate, you have to judge, you have to rank the players in terms of how you think they're going to do. And oftentimes, oftentimes, excuse me, confidence can be swayed one way or the other by how a coach talks to their athletes, how a coach handles the pressure on them. In today's world, social media has played such a huge role. You hear it all the time. The issues with COVID-19 have played a role. And all these things, in the end, affect what we do. So I want to talk about this today. How does confidence affect how you perform, whether you have it or it's not very strong at that day? And what about the expectations that are placed on you by other people as well as yourself? How do you react and cope with that? How does the role of self-confidence play a role? How about the expectations that are placed on you? Give me a call and let's talk. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Good morning, everybody. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. I'm here every week getting into discussions about the mental side of sports. And today's topic is the issue of expectations and self-confidence. What kind of a role does that play on you as an athlete, as a coach, as a team? If you are a coach, I'd love to get your thoughts on this because in the end, when you sit down at the end of a game, at the end of a competition, and you talk about how your team played, how your athletes played, you get into discussions ultimately about their focus, about their attitude, about their preparation, about their confidence. How did that affect the outcome? For many, many people, the topic of expectations, well, we should win. We're better than them. We're more talented than them. We're more physical with them. We're mentally better. We're mentally prepared. May not work out. Why? Because that's life. We don't know what's going to happen next. And I, I, when I work with athletes and I work with all levels of sport, one of the things I always tell an athlete is you need to have plan A and plan B. Try to keep it simple, not overdo it. But keep it simple, meaning plan A, here's what we hope is going to happen. Here's how we're expecting things to go. This is the game plan for the competition today. But plan B is the unknown. Plan B is what if something goes wrong? What if, and the Chiefs, Chiefs, if we take them as an example, you throw a pass right into somebody's hands, it bounces off his hands into the defender's hands for an interception. It's happened to Patrick Mahomes several times this year. How do you come back from that? How do you react to that? How does that affect you personally, psychologically, emotionally? What if you're about to, to hit a putt, four-foot putt, 
You've been playing great. You've made, made all your putts, and you hit that one wide three feet and miss the one coming back, and you lose the competition. Years ago, I had a golfer I was working with, a college golfer, winning a big tournament out in California. He played for the University of Kansas at the time. He was ahead by two strokes going into the 16th hole, which is a par three, 117, 18-yard par three. As he got up to the tee box, his coach who was sitting there in a golf cart said, don't hit it in the trap everybody else has. Thanks, coach. He plugged it in the front trap, hits it out of the trap into the trap behind, chips on the green, it rolls off the green. He triple bogeys the hole, lost the tournament by one stroke. Came in my office that week. It was all ticked off with the coach. I said, that wasn't a smart thing for him to say, but you really shouldn't be ticked off the coach. You should have been prepared for this. You should have been ticked off at yourself. Why did you let that get into your head? And we had a very spirited discussion about that where he ended up saying, you're right. I let the expectations of him get into my head. Didn't happen again the rest of the year. How do you react to things? So plan, plan B is the what if plan. What if something goes wrong that we don't expect to go wrong? How does that affect my demeanor? How does that affect how I feel? How does that affect my focus and concentration? But how does that affect my confidence? What is confidence? It's the ability to believe in yourself. If you take two athletes who are physically the same with the one with a stronger mind will come out on top. I've mentioned that forever. Having a stronger mind, to me, means having a game plan mentally. And the what-if plan. The what-if things don't go the way we expected. What if something doesn't go right? How are we going to react? How are we going to adjust? How are we going to come back from that? I would love to hear from you. If you're an athlete, if you're a coach, you're a parent, you're a sports fan, I'd like to get your thoughts on this because in the end, if you've played sports or you're playing sports now in in your life, things will not always go your way. So you expect to do well in a game. You're better than that team. Your record's better. Perfect example in college football last night, the University of Kansas football team beat the University of Texas. I'm sure virtually nobody expected that to happen in overtime. These things happen. So, Blake, jump in here. I was going to say, it's the first time ever in Kansas's history that they've beat them in the city of Austin, Texas. First time ever in well, a year where Kansas has been playing well but not winning. And then they, they, go, out a, and they, they a, go out and beat Texas. Like they that. have a new coach, new system, and hopefully things will, will turn around for them. But here's the thing. Mentally, where are you at when these things go on? Where is your concentration at? Where is your focus at? And to me, a lot of that depends on how you got, you know, mentally your game plan for success and failure. If you miss a point, make a mistake, how do you come back from that? You know, the NFL is, is obviously such a heavily betted sport, and people put lots of money on these, these games. And people think, oh, well, you know, because we're so-and-so, we should win by 20 points. Well, you get behind by 10, and all of a sudden, everybody gets a little bit tighter. I'm sure at Austin P. Blake, that happened to you a few times. Just, just a few. Okay, so let's talk about this. Because to me, this is something I work with athletes on all the time. Your game, mental game plan. You know, when you go into a game or a competition, you have expectations of how you're going to perform. Sometimes I get people saying, you know, I, Doc, I didn't really feel good beforehand. I didn't feel confident in warm-up. And then all of a sudden, everything just started to click, and I played great. Why? Because you weren't thinking. 
You took the pressure off. You just you just went out there and did your thing. Okay, so you played football at the collegiate level. I'm sure there were games you guys weren't expected to win that you won, right? There are some games you played where you're expected to win and you lost. Correct. How much of that has to do with what I'm talking about, the expectations that were placed on you as athletes and the confidence you had as an athlete? I think it's I think it's funny because um, the actually it's not funny Blake because this is really it comes I'll joking aside it comes <laughs> it comes down to this I don't care what level you I mean I work with the Olympic cycling team in the eighties we won nine medals in nineteen eighty four had not won any in seventy two years yeah and so much of it was because we were prepared for success and failure I could go on and spend the whole hour talking about the team pursuit squad who overcame a mechanical failure or a crash in the qualifying ride. And made it to the quarterfinals and then beat the defending world champion, or the fastest team in the world, the Danes, by one one hundredth of a second in a four, four, 20, four minute 23 second race. Then beat the West Germans, defending world champions, lapped them, in fact, passed them in the semifinals and got to the finals on worldwide TV against Australia. And one of our riders fell off his bike at the start of the race because his pedal strap wasn't tightened enough and he fell off the bike at the start and we lost. But we did the best we could. We yeah. overcame all kinds of obstacles to get that far. We didn't win, but we did win. So we had two in one season. Uh, this was actually when I was at the university or the uh, Coffeeville Community College when I played there. We had one game where we played Butler Community College where we hadn't won in probably 15 years at their home stadium. Ended up going into Butler, beating them. It was, you know, Why? Should, shouldn't Why? have won. We were on. We were rolling. We were absolutely rolling. I mean, we, we had the confidence. We were We were riding high, feeling good. Side or you know flip side, then we played Hutchinson that same year. We should have won. We were on fire at that point. At the very end of the game, they scored three back to back to back touchdowns, and our confidence mid game just absolutely crapped the pants. Why? I have no idea. But the, one play after another after another, and they, we couldn't climb back up the hill on the confidence side, and they took advantage of it. Well, just because you're bigger and stronger, just because your record's better doesn't mean you're going to win. And that's what I want to get into in our next segment. How do you prepare for a game, mentally as well as physically? What do you do to get ready to play? I'd love to hear from you. If you're a coach, you're an athlete, you're a fan, these these two topics are intertwined, self-confidence and expectations. How do they affect you when you play? How do they affect you when you coach? And what do you do to help overcome a slump? I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. We're on the Leader in Sports, Sports Radio 810 WHB. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Hello again, everyone. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and this is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810, WHP in Kansas City. That's right, Kansas City. That's where we're located. I do this show every week. Our shows are podcasted. Just go to my website, winnersunlimited.com. You can find it there. I've got about eight years, nine years of podcasts on there. Their podcasts are on all the major apps. Just type in the Dr. Andrew Jacobs Sports Psychology Hour. And this is a show today that even though it's 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 a topic that it's hard to quantify or measure, it's maybe the most important thing, I think, when it comes down to sports in the end. What kinds of expectations do you have for yourself when you go out to play? And where's your level of self-confidence? What happens when things go wrong? What happens when you fail, when you make a mistake, when you screw up, when you're losing? Where are you at mentally? Are you frustrated? Are you angry? Are you ticked off? 
Or are you more focused? Do you look at yourself and try to evaluate what's going on? And when do you do that? Hard to do it in the middle of playing when you're out there on the field, during a timeout, when you're on the bench, halftime, whatever it might be, a time to reevaluate. But when you're out there in the middle of playing, you still have to deal with it. So that's why when I work with athletes, we talk about, as I said earlier in the show, plan A and plan B. Plan A is, okay, here's what we expect to do today. Here's what I've been playing. Here's what I'm feeling about myself. Let's go out and do it. But I have to have a backup plan, and sometimes a couple of them. The backup plan is if you're on a team sport, what if you're, one of your key players gets hurt? The, the reserve has to come in. You know, I work so many, so I've worked so much over my career, my 41 years, with people who didn't start. Typically, they're people who thought they should be starting. They weren't happy about the fact they weren't starting. But the fact is they're not. So you have to have a game plan. As I said, that what-if plan, if things aren't going right, and you do get in the game, if you come in with a bunch of anger and being ticked off, it's not going to help you or the team unless you channel that into aggression and focus on how you're playing and concentration on how you're playing. So this backup plan that I'm getting into is your mental preparation. I've always talked about four key words, preparation, focus, attitude, and confidence. Good friend of mine named Jacob Liker, he says, well, Andy, that's called PFAC, P-F-A-C. As a youth soccer player, he wrote it on his jersey. His whole team then wrote it on their jerseys, and they won a whole bunch of games because they had PFAC, preparation, focus, attitude, confidence. They were prepared for whatever could go wrong, up or down. They challenged themselves to focus what they had to do at the moment. They were ready to deal with the distractions, which I'll get into in a moment. They tried to have the best attitude that they could possibly have. I call it positive realistic attitude. Positive realistic attitude means we know what we should do, but we have to be, have a game plan if we don't. And then that affected the foundation all of its self-confidence. So how you prepare for your athletic event has so much to do with your training and all the things you do to get ready, but also has a lot to do with the mental mindset you take into it. So I'd like, you know, I'd love to hear from you. If you're a coach, you're an athlete, and this is something you've had trouble with. You've struggled with preparation, being prepared for something because you don't do as well. And then you're not sure how to handle it. I'd love to hear from you. I'm going to be interviewing some very successful athletes here in the coming weeks who've done extremely well at the professional level. And they're going to come on and talk about these these specific topics, about dealing with, with success and failure, and how the expectations placed on them have played a role in how they've performed up or down, how they've had to learn to adjust and make decisions with that. But if you're a coach and your team, you you your team has practiced well, you're expecting to go in and do well, and the bottom drops out right at the beginning of the game, what do you do? If you're an athlete, and you have not played well. Is it because of expectations were placed on you? You started thinking too much. You started thinking too much about the results, about the score. You know, I, I have a saying, focus on effort. Foe versus four. Focus on effort instead of focus on results. Because when you're too focused on the score, on the results, and the time, sometimes you lose the focus on your effort. 
And in the end, effort is what it comes down to. How do you come back from that when things don't go well? How do you handle that situation? Once again, our number is 913-3810-810. I'd love to hear from you and see what you think. Because here's the deal. When you strap it up and go on the field, when you lace it up and go on the court, put your suit in and dive in the pool, you have expectations of how you're going to perform. But if those expectations are solely focused on who you're competing against, that's where you're in trouble. Your focus has to be on you. Your focus has to be on, on where is my mindset at. You know, I've talked forever on this show about the role of coaches. A coach wears many, many roles, or has many, many roles, wears many, many hats, excuse me, when they go out to start a game. You have to be a ta- tactician. You have to be a statistician. You have to be a psychologist. You have to be a support system. You have to be a disciplinarian. You have to be a guide. And your job, more than anything else, to me, is being as even-keeled as possible. Because if you're not even keeled and things are going wrong and you start to lose it, well, what are your players going to do? They're going to lose it too. Emotions in any sport come in and play a key role. How you handle that as a coach in the end affects what goes on. So what are expectations, beliefs of what you're going to do, why you're better than this team, more, more talented than this team, more better athlete than this person, I should beat this person. But upsets happen all the time. Like we said, this is a Sunday morning show in Kansas City last night. The University of Kansas upset the University of Texas in football. Stated the biggest upset in Big 12 history. It went into overtime. Kansas has not won. I think they won one game prior to last night all year. They've last few years, the football team has not been very good. They've gone through several coaches. In contrast to the basketball team, who is expected to win every time it walks on the court. So you've got that real contradiction at the University of Kansas with the football team that virtually nobody expects to win a game. And here they are last night, biggest upset in Big 12 history. And then a basketball team that's expected to win every game with a Hall of Fame coach. But it isn't going to happen. You're going to lose games. You're going to fail. You're not going to play well in stretches. So that's where I think the self-confidence part comes in. So when your confidence starts to wane, when your confidence starts to drop, when your confidence starts to get a little testy, shaky. How do you pull yourself back? That to me is where mentally you have to have a mental game plan before you go out to play. And I'm going to talk to Blake about what kind of game plan he had when he played football in our next segment here. Because I love talking with Blake. Blake has great comments on this show. He's my producer, does a tremendous job. And I'd love to find out from him because I know there have been games where Blake's a very intense guy. He's, he's a competitor he likes to do well, I know that, but he's a pretty grounded guy too. But there were games when I know you got upset, like you said. So why did that happen? Why do you think from your perspective that happened? We'll talk about that after this break. But that the key thing is this. Mental preparation affects your confidence, and that affects the expectations you have and how you're going to perform. So it all goes back to how you prepare. It doesn't mean you're going to win or lose. But you have to ask yourself, what do I have to do to play the best I can? What do I have to do to be the best I can today? And if I'm not, what do I need to do? Once again, I'd love to hear from you if you're a coach. I'd love to hear from you if you're an athlete and get your thoughts on this. Because every sports competition 
is affected by the human element. It's affected by how you got mentally prepared. It's affected by the mindset you take into it. How am I going to do when things go well? How am I going to do things go poorly? With the Kansas City Chiefs, I mentioned earlier, one of the greatest examples of this was the playoffs against Houston Texans two years ago when they went to the Super Bowl. They were behind 24-3 in the first quarter. People behind me were cursing, yelling, angry about the money they paid for the tickets. I remember my son Jonathan said, Dad, Atlanta came back and, and won the Super Bowl, or, or excuse me, lost the Super Bowl to the Patriots a couple years ago. They were way behind the half. I said, I know. There's three more quarters left. Well, boom, boom, boom. Halftime, the Chiefs are ahead 41-24, and they went on to win. And I think that was because their mindset was the next play, the next play, the next play. Well, I'd love to hear from you. We're on the Leader in Sports, Sports Radio 810 WHB. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Hello again, everyone. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm here every week talking about the mental side of sports. Along with my producer, Blake Schneiders, we're discussing the topic of mental preparation, self-confidence, and expectations in sports. And as I said, I'd love to hear from you if you'd like to comment. If you're a coach, how do you deal with the expectations that are placed in your team and your athletes who you're working with? You're expected to win. You're bigger, stronger, faster. Your record's better. You've always done well in the past. Well, you know what? That doesn't mean anything when the game starts because it's all brand new. So Blake's going to jump in here in a second. But here's the thing. So when when we go play a game, there's so many elements that, that play a role. One of the key things is your conditioning physically, how you've trained, what are the things you're working on. But in the end, it all comes down to where your mind's at. When you strap it up, when you dive in, when you walk on the court, when you walk on the field, all that training's done. Now it's where is my mindset at? You know, I started working in this field 41 years ago. I'm one of the first transport psychologists in the country. And throughout my career, I've, I've worked with many, many teams and people. I've worked with a lot of people who said what I do is, is, is just a bunch of junk. It's, it's ridiculous. I've worked with professional athletes who believe in it. I've worked with many coaches as well who believe in it. And yet I've worked with, with a few, a minor number, who didn't want someone like me around because they see it as a distraction. They see it as a sign of weakness. Well, in my opinion, that's weaknesses on their part. Because when you go out there to, com- for, for, to perform, you have to have a mindset of what you want to do, and then you have to have a mindset of what you want to do if things aren't going right. And that's where, to me, like I said, the expectations you place on yourself. We're hearing so much now about how many, so many athletes are now getting off of social media, especially at the professional and collegiate level. And social media is, is with us. It's part of our life now. But when athletes come work with me, especially professional athletes, I tell them to get off social media. Don't read all this stuff. If you, if you have a site, maybe have somebody post stuff for you, but stay off it during the year. Because if you're doing well, everybody's telling you how great you are. And if you're not doing well, everybody tells you how terrible you are. Those people don't know you. You know, and I've, I've had some atrocious things shown to me by athletes about things that they've been sent on social media. About them as people, about their families. They don't know. They don't know them. So I said, don't get off this. Get, get off this stuff. Don't listen to this stuff. So, Blake, okay, so let's, let's as I said earlier, we're going to talk about this. So when you guys lost that game that you were supposed to win, 
What do you think mentally was going on with your team? And then what happened afterwards? I've talked about this before, and it actually is a phrase that comes from one of my favorite football movies of all time, The Replacements. And I believe that it was a product of quicksand. And when I say quicksand, no, I don't mean the, you know, the the mythical sand that sucks you under, you know, that I, I, it's I, real. It's real. I know. No, I know. I just it's the. I don't mean the uh, the thing that you are, are afraid of when you're a kid and you realize that you don't ever have to actually worry about it. What I mean by quicksand is when you are playing in a, a sporting event and everything is going great, and then all of a sudden throughout that sporting event, at some point, something happens wrong. Something goes wrong. You you mess up on a play. And then you try to shake it off. And then something else goes wrong. And then another thing goes wrong. And you're now trying to overcompensate for the thing that went wrong by by trying to do too much the next play to make up for what you just did, which causes something else to go wrong. And it's a domino effect at that point that you are almost sucked down into this perpetual mistake stricken game because you're now trying to make up for all the mistakes that you've made now in one play, which causes you to make a mistake the next play. You're almost trying to hit you know, a, a seven-run home run. It's impossible. You can't do that. Years ago, I worked with a very prominent baseball player, and he was in a slump. And we went after a game. He went 0 for 4. He was batting in the low 200s, and his career batting average was much higher. And we're talking, and I said, well, what are you thinking when you come out to plate, to the plate? And he said, well, I'm trying to hit two home runs with every swing. I said, when did you ever do that? And he looked at me and said, well, obviously I haven't. I said, okay, but what you're telling me is you're trying too hard. Why? Well, I'm the, the captain of the team. Everybody expects me to do well. I said, right, I get it, but here's the deal. And I remember telling him this. I said, you are a human being. And as much as I admire you for, for all that, you're you're a person. You're going to fail. I mean, your career batting average is really good. You're one of the best there is at what you do. But you're going to fail. So instead of thinking about t- hitting two home runs, why don't you focus on just what I do to make contact, what I need to do to just get to put the ball in play. And he, and he looked at me in there in silence for a few seconds and said, you know, you're right, because that, that's what it is. I'm, I'm trying too hard because there are these expectations. He used the word expectation. These expectations placed on me to, to do so well. That night he went two for four and turned things around. Another example I'll give you was when I worked for the Royals, we had a player, and I just started working with him this particular season. After the All-Star break, he went 0 for 9, hit nine line drives right at people, all outs. The ninth one, he was really frustrated. I, I was... Uh, behind the dugout and underneath the dugout and he came in and he grabbed me what's wrong with me what's wrong with me I said there's nothing wrong with you you're making great contact I said unfortunately it's getting hit at somebody you can't once the ball comes off your bat you can't do anything about it he got I said are those would you consider those quality at bats and the hitting coach came down and we, we talked about it he said man you're doing great just keep it up I wish I was a betting man sometimes because I said I'll bet the next at bat you get a double well First pitch double off the wall. And then, excuse me, he got a, excuse me, 
I could correct myself. He got a double. The next guy up hit a double off the hole and drove him in. This guy then went 11 for 13, his next 13 at-bats. And of the two outs, one was a pop-up, one was a line drive that got caught. So I come into the locker room a few days later, and he pulls me aside and says, we got to talk about this. I, I, I'm 11 for 22 since the All-Star break. He goes, since I was talking to him, 11 for 13, I said, that's nothing to do with it. It has to do with what you're focusing on. I said, of those 22 at-bats, how many was, were considered were a report bat? He goes, well, the, the one out that was a pop-up yesterday. He goes, all the rest of them, like I said, they're quality A-Bs. He, he hit well over 300 the rest of the season because his focus was on that. I mean, every major league batter goes up to the plate expecting to, to make contact and get a hit. I don't, in a rare occasion, I don't think anyone goes up hoping they're not they're going to strike out. I don't care if you're facing Max Scherzer or Garrett Cole or Clayton Kershaw, whoever. They're major league players, too, and they expect to get on base. From, us, from the same standpoint, you're a pitcher, expect to make outs. It's it's been well documented. Tom Flash Gordon, one of my closest friends now, worked with me for twenty years. With the Boston Red Sox, he had fifty four saves in a row. That record was only broken once by Eric Gagne of the Dodgers, who admitted he was on steroids. But Tom's plan every game was to focus on TNP, the next pitch, the next pitch, the next pitch. He's been on my show many times and talked about it. Nick Lowry, the former Chiefs great kicker, who retired in nineteen ninety six, former co host of the show was the most accurate kicker in football history and kicked more field goals than him in football when he retired. His game plan, and we worked together for about 12, 13 years on this same mindset. What are you going to do? You know, here's your game plan for the game, but if something goes wrong, how are you going to handle it? That's one reason he did so well. And I think this that the whole topic today has been this. If you play a sport, you have an expectation of what you want to do. It doesn't mean it's going to happen. It doesn't mean it's not going to happen. But you put that expectation on yourself, and then sometimes it carries over and gets too heavy. So that's where, to me, the metal game plan comes in. I think I think just kind of listening to you today and, and describing this, really the big picture is to focus on the small picture, <laughs> if that makes sense. You know, you know. I, I think TNP, a lot of times, Blake, the yeah, next play, the a lot next of times play, the next expectations play. come, and people start thinking about them in such a wide scope, they forget what the purpose of the game was. Was you put one foot in front of the other, you you focus on your fundamentals, and that's how you become a good player. It's not, oh, I'm a great player because I made a one-handed catch. I'm a great player because I do the small things every single play. My philosophy that I always tell people is: look out the front windshield, not the rearview mirror. Look at what's in front of you and keep going in that direction. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Hope you enjoyed the show today. This is a topic, obviously, we'll talk about again and again and again. Because in the end, this is what it comes down to, the mental side of what you do. There are a lot of ways to reach me. You can get a hold of me on my website, winnersunlimited.com. My email is drj at winnersunlimited.com. Our shows are podcasted on my website. Go on there and pick it up. They're podcasted on all the apps everywhere. You can get a hold of me at 816-561-5556 if you're a coach. Encourage your athletes to listen to these shows because I give out information I, I personally think is very valuable and can help you out. Have a great, great week. Stay safe. Take care of yourself. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is Dr. Andrew Jacobs with the Sports Psychology Moment. How do you handle expectations of your team when they don't go the way you want? And as a coach, as an athlete, when, when the team 
doesn't play the way you expected, when the expectations for the season don't go the way you want, what do you do? How do you react? How do you respond? And how do you keep it from going into a tailspin? More from Dr. Andrew Jacobs in just a moment. Home. It looks a little different for everyone. For some, it's a rustic cabin. For others, a big city high-rise. And for others, it's renting a tiny studio that said it had laundry in the building, but the dryer's always broken. And don't get me started on the gym. That's not a gym. It's an elliptical machine and a boiler room. And let's not even discuss parking. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on renters and car insurance. Easier than getting your landlord to return your calls. You can't hide forever, Leonard. Now, what does winning really mean? To me, obviously, winning means coming out on top. But to me, winning means, did you do your best that day? If you keep doing your best, eventually things are going to go the way you want. Losing is giving up, quitting, not accomplishing your goals. Great leaders, whether they're an athlete or a coach, keep themselves even keeled as best as possible. They don't get too down. They don't get too high. They're able to emotionally stay stable and not let the scenario dictate how they're going to handle things. Listen to Dr. Andrew Jacobs on the Sports Psychology Hour every Sunday morning at 6 a.m. here on Sports Radio 810 WHB.